0: Welcome to the Dulos Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Good morning, glad to be with y'all today. Excited to continue uh, our series, but let's let's think together real quick. Think with me today. Uh, What would happen if a Lake Ridge football player, or just, we can just say a Lake Ridge student, right? Like, Think if a Lake Ridge student decided that they would want to be a part of Timberview's football team. It wouldn't happen, right? Like, dude, you can't be a Timberview football player without being a a part of Timberview High School, right? Like, Wolves Up, right? Like, you can't. You can't have your little eagle and be a wolf. You know what I mean? Like, it does not work like that. So if you can't be a a Timberview football player without being a part of Timberview High School, then let me ask you a, a bigger question. Can you be a Christian and not be a part of the church? According to a recent study, over half of the people in my generation, people that, that are my age, a little bit past college, over half of the people my age have stopped going to church. As soon as Corona hit in March, they decided, okay, we are no longer going to go to church. I'm talking they haven't been back to the building and they haven't tuned in online. Uh, so I understand some people have some legitimate concerns, right? But like these people aren't even looking online, right? Like they've decided that they are no longer a part of the church. Now that's, that's my generation, right? But my question is, what do you think the percentage for your generation is? How many people do you know that, that have decided since March that they've got nothing to do with church? They're not here and they've decided, hey... I know it's on YouTube, but, you know, that's, that's not for me. I, I'm just going to take a break for a while. Now I don't think it's fair to say, hey, all these people that, that aren't showing up and aren't listening aren't Christians anymore, right? Like, I, I'm not saying that. But but clearly, you are here today. And if you're not here, you're, you're listening to me preach right now. You're watching me online. And so the next question is, okay, another difficult question is, what is the point of a Christian going to church? Like, what's the point, right? Like, are you all just sitting here wasting your time? Uh, Are you wasting your time if you're listening online? So can you be a Christian and not be a part of the church? Or what is the point of a Christian going to church? Like, these are the questions that I ask in my connect group sometimes, and like, people would just be like, if it was on Zoom, they would just like, hide their video, right? <laughs> like, it just gets awkward and, like, it's quiet. Like, people don't want to talk about these things. They don't want to answer the, the, these questions. But as our series says, we're, we're all in this together. And so today, we're going to come together as a church, and, and we're going to talk about the church. We're going to talk about where Christians fit in with it. And it's my prayer that, that after hearing today's message, you can know the importance of a church and a Christian's life. Last week, Joel started off our series. He did an awesome job talking about how we as Christians are a part of the body of Christ, right? Like, So as a church, we are a body of believers. Joel talked about how it's our job to maintain that unity, to get along, and just to be the people that God called us to be a part of the body. Romans 12, 4-5 says it this way. He says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. I wanna tell you about a guy I, I know. His name is Alan. And Alan's a great guy. He's, he's an older dude. He could be your grandpa, but a really solid dude, right? Like he's a great golfer. And so when we did our little fundraiser um, where we like, do a golf tournament, right, to raise money for youth. I got to play on uh, Alan's golf team. Good dude. I'm a terrible golfer, but he's pretty cold, and so I got to hang out with his, his old dudes. Um, but anyways, I remember when I met Alan, this is pre-COVID, and so like, I'm a man, so I meet Alan, I go up, I, I go to shake his hand. I shake his hand, but it felt a little funny. I was like, that's not a normal handshake. Something's missing. He like pulls back. I look, he's missing a finger. I'm like, oh boy, And like, instinctively, I want to be like, what happened? Right? Like, where'd the finger go? You know what I mean? It's like when you see someone with an eye patch, you're like, what's behind the patch? You know what I mean? Like, there's something inside of us. Like, we want to know, right? And so like, I'm I'm cool with Alan. Like, he serves the five o'clock service. Great dude, godly man. And so one day, I'd known him for a while. And I'm like, Alan, you got to tell me, bro. (laughs) Like, where'd your finger go? Like, you got to, you got to let me know. It's, It's been on my mind since I first shook your hand, right? And so I'm talking to Alan. He's like, here's the story. I was out with my brother. He's like, he was five years old. He goes, I was five years old. I was out with my brother. he said, I had my hand laid out, and my brother cut my finger off with a hatchet. (laughs) I was like, what? Dude was five years old, and his brother cut his finger off with a hatchet. Like, I've got a twin brother. Like, I've thrown some things at my brother. I've broken my my brother's glasses before. Like, I beat him up pretty good, but I never chopped his finger off, right? Like, that's cold-blooded. I don't think it was on purpose. But anyways, dude was five years old, and his own brother cut his finger off. So, I called Alan the other day. I was like, hey, I want to talk about that finger that you got chopped off. Like, I just want to make sure it's okay that I tell this story. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're totally cool. I was like, good, because I don't want the whole church to be like, you know, Cole was talking about your finger. And he was like, no, nah, you're fine. And so I was like, so Alan, tell me about your finger. I was like, you chopped it off. Would you still consider that finger to be a part of your body? And he was like, nah, like that. That finger is not a part of my body. It's like it's dead and it's gone. I was like, yeah, that does make sense. Anyways, that brings me to my first point. My first point is you can't be a body part and not be a part of the body. Pretty simple, but let me break it down for you. When you become a Christian, not only are you saved, right? Like you're no longer a sinner. Your past is wiped away. There's beauty in that. But as a Christian, you also become a part of the body of Christ, And so when you get baptized and you come up out of the water, some of y'all come up an eye, some of y'all come up a hand, some of y'all come up looking like feet, (laughs) but we're all a part of the body of Christ, right? It's how it works. And so the idea is that we each have a piece to play when it comes to the church. And when we don't be who we're called to be, whether that's a hand, a foot, an eye, a finger, whatever you are as a part of the body. When we aren't the piece that God called us and created us to be, the whole body is affected negatively. And so that's where you and I come in. Well, why does it matter that you and I are a part of the church? Why does it matter that you showed up today? Why does it matter that you're listening to this message? Because as a Christian, you have a role to play in the church. And when you choose not to, to Play this role to be the piece of God that has created you to be, we all. Hurt. I told you a study earlier about 50% of my generation just deciding, hey, in March, we're going to be done from church. And, and yeah, that, that hurts the church. But let me tell you another like, negative piece of that. They're, they're no longer a part of the church. But the same study revealed these people that have decided, hey, we're not going to watch online. Hey, we're not going to come back. These same people have reported feeling an increased sense of, of boredom, which, like, that's fine. We all get bored. But it, it doesn't stop there increased anxiety and increased insecurity every single day of their lives. I don't know about you, but I don't want anxiety. I don't want insecurity. There's enough things going around the world that can make you feel insecure, so why make yourself more susceptible? But these people that have decided, hey, we're done, we're not gonna come back to church, increased feelings of anxiety and insecurity. It sounds like depression to me, right? And so, you like a like a finger, like a finger that, that has been hatcheted off of a body that's been severed away. It cannot last. And when the body of Christ starts losing body parts, we don't function the way that we we were created to. And when you sever yourself off, like the finger is not gonna last and like unless it gets like reconnected, right? Another like crazy story, this isn't in my notes, but when I was a kid, my dad chopped his finger off with the chainsaw and it was hanging by a thread. And if my dad, my dad still has that finger because he went and got it put back on and got reconnected. There's only so long that you can be away from the body and live. My dad still got his finger, Alan doesn't. But, but here's the idea, could you imagine if Anthony and Lauren just decided that they weren't going to be a part of the church today? Right, so like we had Michael on guitar, we had Landon on the drums. I was playing bass, but like we don't have any singers. We'd just be like, hmm, hmm. You're know, like, no one's gonna sing. Like it's gonna be super awkward, right? Like, like it's gonna be weird. Like we're missing pieces of the body. Like it doesn't work, okay? But but I, I want you to know, you you might not be a singer, you might not be a musician, you might not be a a, a preacher. But when you decide that, hey. I'm not going to be a part of the church anymore, I don't need this anymore, then, then we lose our ability as a church to reach people the way that we should. I don't care if you're 12 years old, I don't care if you're 75 years old. As a Christian, it matters that you are a part of the church. Some of y'all know my friend Johnny. Johnny Harrington, right? I don't know why I do it to myself, but for some reason I decided to be on a lot of sports teams with the old Johnny Harrington. And so we play soccer, and so uh, usually every summer we go and we play soccer, and this was actually, it was cooler. it was like winter, we did an indoor soccer league at, uh, at Crossroads, and usually we, like, we put a whole like, staff team together, and so it's like me, Nick Cannon, Mike, the boys, and so Johnny's on there. And uh, so we play this indoor soccer team. And we get all the way to the championship, right? Like, I don't know how we did it, but we get to the championship and Johnny's on the team and no joke, last game, right? Like, this is either first place or you lose. Like, there's no second place. I want first. I want I want the BLD shirt that says champion, right? Like, I'm looking forward to wearing it. And so Johnny gets out. We're, we're leading, we're 6-2, right? Like, when you're 6-2, like, you're like, yeah, we're gonna win this game, bro. Like, we have this one in the bag. Johnny's been on the bench the whole time. We put Johnny on the field. Next thing I know, the other team can't stop scoring. And we go from 6-2, and all of a sudden, it's like 7-6, 8-6. Six, six. And, like, immediately, we're like, we pulled Johnny off the field, but the damage has been done. And that is the story about how we lost the championship. We put Johnny on the field, and all of a sudden, we lost everything. Johnny is a great friend. Johnny is good when it comes to cameras and computers, but when it comes to soccer, Johnny has nothing to offer, right? Like, sorry. Like, he, he just doesn't. But here's the deal. The reason I tell you that story is because sometimes we think that when it comes to the, to the church that we're a bunch of average athletes that have nothing to add to the team. We buy the lie that because we can't play an instrument, because we can't sing, because we we don't feel really comfortable in front of of other people, we can't preach, that there really isn't a place for us in the church. Or we think that if for some reason, if we start to to get involved, if we start to to use our gifts, if we start to, to be an active part of the church, then all of a sudden the church would lose the championship. But it brings me to my second point when it comes to the church. You have more to offer than you think. I've got a couple bigger pieces of scripture, but they're important because they, they prove this point. You have something to offer to the church. The first is found in Ephesians 4, 7 to 11. It says this, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Let me break that down for you real quick. What it's saying is that when Jesus died on the cross, right, like he gave his life, he won a victory, right? And when he won that victory, he didn't just defeat sin, but all the things that Jesus won in that victory on the cross, he gives to you and to me. Ephesians 4 is this This picture of a king who wins a war, and everything that he wins, he gives to you and to me. That means for you as a Christian, you're sitting here, you're like, Yeah, I got baptized. More than just being saved, Ephesians 4 tells us that you were given a gift. You were given a special, unique gift from the Holy Spirit for the church. That means that biblically speaking, straight out of Ephesians 4, each and every single person that is a Christian in this room and online listening, you have something to offer to the church. I hope that, like, piques your interest, right? Like, it makes you a little bit interested, right? Like, well, what do I have to offer? Like, what gift do I have? And, uh, in Ephesians 4, there's, there's a short list, right? He says the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. But he also, there, there's another, it's in Romans 12, but it's also in 1 Corinthians 12. There's other gifts, right? Let me tell you this list in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, some of these gifts that you might have. He says, for to one is given through the spirits the utterance of wisdom, To another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit; to another, by faith; to another, gifts of healing, by the Spirit; to another, working of miracles; to another, prophecy; to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits; to another, various kinds of tongues; to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one and individually as He wills. What I love about this list, both here in First Corinthians twelve, Romans twelve, and Ephesians four, is it's not a list that we would expect to hear, right? Like, when you hear about the gifts used to serve the church, you'd be like, okay, one's going to say you're a really good singer. One's going to say that you're really good at reading the Bible and, like, preaching. One's going to say that you're, like, super cold-blooded at handing out communion, right? Like, but but that, like, that's not the list that he gives. Paul says wisdom, knowledge, faith, prophecy, discernment, right? Like, this is kind of an interesting list. And so my challenge to you is instead of going, well, I can't sing, I can't be a part of the church. Well, giving out communion is a little boring. I don't think that I want to be doing that. Instead of looking at these things that you're like, that's how you serve here. Why don't you look at the gift that God has given you? And so, okay, how can I use this? Because Paul says it can be as simple as wisdom. Some of you sitting in here today are wise and you don't even know it. But God has given you the gift of wisdom for the church. How are you going to use it? Some of you got the gift of knowledge. So you know how certain things should go and be in the church. You know who needs to be talked to, who doesn't need to be talked to. There's all sorts of different ways these gifts can be applied way more than anything to do with this stage. We've got to eliminate in our minds that this stage has anything to do with serving at the church. You know who we oftentimes don't see on this stage? Kelly. Kelly oftentimes doesn't get on the stage, but without Kelly as a part of our ministry, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of the ministry that we do. And for a lot of you in this room, God has given you a gift, an ability, biblically speaking, right? Like we all individually have a gift from God. And it is your duty as a Christian to find that gift and to use it how to find the gift. If you're, if you're interested and you're like, okay, what is my spiritual gift? Go online, search spiritual gifts test. It'll take you through, you know, on Facebook how you, they have like, find out which soda you are. Or like the one on Instagram right now is like, what food are you? And then it like has your name on a hot dog and you're like, dang, I'm a hot dog. But anyways, but you can go online, you can search spiritual gift test, search it. It'll tell you your spiritual gift. You'll get it. It'll say prophecy. You'll be like, what the heck does prophecy mean? DM us on Instagram, we'll tell you what your spiritual gift is, and we'll help you through that. But all that to say, you have a gift to use. So instead of sitting around the church, why not get up and do something? Why not get up and be the person that God has called you to be? Why not build the body? Which leads me to my last point and my favorite point we're all body builders. Cold blooded, right? I'm going to tell you right now. Mike Nolan came up with that point. He helped me out. That's a Mike Nolan point right there. We're all bodybuilders, but I hope that sticks with you, right? Like it's simple, it's cheesy, but it really emphasizes what our role in the body of Christ is. Right? It's our duty to build the church. We're all in this together. Paul gives us the whole reason for the gift that we're given. It says, verse 12, 412 in Ephesians, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For building up the body of Christ. We weren't just saved, we were given a gift for the church. What's the point of the gift? To build up the body of Christ. We are all body builders, we're uniquely gifted, and it is our purpose to build the body. When I was a, a kid in, in high school growing up, I was, I was here every Wednesday. I was here every Sunday. I loved coming to church. I came all the time. Church, church was fun, right? Like in church, there was pretty girls, and I could play in the band and have a lot of fun. And just honestly, like it was fun. Like it was really good for, for me, and, and I mean, I got to learn a little bit about Jesus and all that stuff. But if I'm being honest, sometimes in high school, when I came to church, it was just like, well, what's in it for me? I was trying to figure out, like, what, what could I get out of it? And so, well, I could get a good time, right? Like, I could pick the bass guitar up and I could shred and have some fun. I, I can talk to pretty girls. Like, that, that, that's me, right? Like, I could come to church and I could have a good time. If someone would have told me Ephesians 4.12 in high school that I had the gift, that I was gifted and was supposed to build the church for ministry as the body of Christ, I would have said, actually, like, that's Matt's job, (laughs) right? Like, Matt's the youth pastor. Like, it's my job to have fun here, right? Like, I'm in high school. But Ephesians 4 says, no, no, no. It's not your job to come and to hang out. It's not your job to just come sit in a chair. It's your job to build the body of Christ, You see, when it comes to church, as Christians, we've got to come to a point where where we don't go, well, what can I get out of this? What's in it for me? Are they singing the songs? I like, are my friends there? Are they doing fun things that I would enjoy? Instead of looking at the church of what can I take from it, Ephesians 4 says, what can I give to it? And in fact, we each have something special that we can give. We're all bodybuilders. We exist to build the body of Christ, not sit and and take away from it. And I love the point of like being a bodybuilder because the reality is like you don't just start off as a bodybuilder that's like super swole, right? Like we can't just all go hop to the gym and like squat 405. Some of you that are football players, like yeah, you can get under it. But like you don't just start off super strong. But this gift that God has given you in Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, this special gift God has given you, it takes time to... To build it up, you might have the 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 spiritual gift of knowledge. You might know a lot of things, but you still don't know everything yet. You know what I mean? Like you might have the gift of wisdom, but you're not the wisest person in the room. But it is our responsibility to build up that gift as we give it to the church. And I think that what happens with us and spiritual gifts and, and, and getting into this mindset of not just taking but, but giving to the church, I think that what happens for a lot of our people as we get older and we get through church, especially like seniors, right? Like as you begin to, to graduate and you get on the other side, you, you start to miss this. I, I, I'm speaking because it, I was guilty of it. And, and if you're guilty of it, too, I want to help you through this. I know that my senior year of high school, I started to think, well, well what, what's the point? Because after being a Christian for a while, um, you, you start to think, well, you don't really need church, right? Like, you go to Beach Week, you got saved, then you came back, you rededicated, then you got saved again, and like, you're good now, right? Like, the third one really stuck, so you're a Christian for sure. And you get older and older, and you're like, well, what's, what's the next step? Like I don't really need church like I know I'm I'm saved. I've been baptized 3 times at this point, right? So here's here's the the, the idea um when you come to church you might not learn something new. Like we're here I I'm I'm speaking through Ephesians 4 uh, I think it was nine months ago we talked about spiritual gifts. You might have forgotten that, but some of you are like, hey, nine months ago we talked about spiritual gifts. I already learned this. I already know that I have a gift from God. And some of you are sitting here, you're like, man, I came to church and I just didn't even learn anything new today. And if you're a senior, that, that very may well be true. If you're a graduate, that may very be true. Hey, if you're a junior, you might have learned some of these things. But the reality is when you come to church, you might come to a point where you don't learn something new about Jesus but you can show somebody else Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Instead of you taking and learning, you have the opportunity to give back as you get older because you do know and you do have that solid relationship. And let me tell you, I think it's okay to say that more rewarding than learning something on my own about Jesus is teaching somebody else something about Jesus. Does that make sense? In fact, it's biblical. The Bible says that when we share our faith, we get a better understanding of all the good things that we have in Christ. And so if you're struggling, you're like, man, what's the point of church? I've been through this youth group. I've been, learned all this stuff. What's the point? Biblically, I would say instead of, change your mindset. Instead of taking, think about giving. Think about all these incoming seventh graders that, that are here, right? Our eighth graders that are here. They've got a lot to learn about Jesus, and that's awesome. But even what's more awesome is you could help them learn. We got some incoming seventh graders here that don't think they have any friends because you, you haven't talked to them. You haven't felt them feel welcome. Because I mean you're you're going to college next month anyways. So does that sound like being a bodybuilder? Absolutely not. Instead of just taking and taking and taking, Ephesians 4 says you have a responsibility to give, to build the body of Christ. One clarification needs to be made. As Christians, we're all called to use the gift that God has given us. If you've been in our youth ministry long, you've heard us use this term, kingdom workers, raw kingdom workers, right? So like my brother-in-law, Roman's a firefighter. Even though he's a firefighter, he's still doing ministry. He serves faithfully in his church. My sister in law is a teacher. Even though she's a teacher, she still does ministry. She serves faithfully at this church. But I think that in Ephesians 4 and 1 Corinthians 12, there's also this little special piece that, that not just... Everybody is called to, but there are certain people that are called to full-time ministry. I think that one of the saddest parts to me about everything with COVID and having to cancel Beach Week is that we get to miss out on the last night of Beach Week, the last night of junior high camp, where people stand up and say, hey, I know that God has called me to full-time ministry. And I miss that, because that was me, right? Like, I was that kid. And I love when people respond faithfully to the call that God has put on their life. But, but hidden within here, Paul says, yeah, people are called to full-time ministry. But the reality that we live in is we don't need a beach week. We don't need a junior high camp for God to call you into ministry. You could be sitting here this morning and feel like God has called you to ministry. Maybe through everything with COVID, you've seen your friends struggle. You've seen hopelessness in our world and you want to be the person that brings Jesus full-time, you want to be active and involved in the church so you can tell as many people as you can about Jesus, you really feel like God has a place for you full-time in church. And I would just remind you that if that's you, awesome. Tell somebody. Tell me. We, I know we're not at Beach Week. I know we're not at Junior High Camp, but tell me, tell Mike, tell Kelly, tell Matt. But don't ever think that because there wasn't a camp this year that God didn't call you to ministry. God doesn't work like that. No, there's a specific and special call to ministry. Growing up, uh, Matt would say, why would you settle to be a king when you have been called to preach? And I would agree with that. If you're in here this morning and you're listening to his message and you know that God has has called you to ministry, you know that he wants you to serve full time in church, then, then I would not run away from that call. There's a real big push in our world today, and it's sad to me that, like, like, it happened to me when I was in Bible college and I was going, people would be like, well, you're going to go do what? And I'm like, well, I want to get into ministry. I'm getting a degree in preaching. And they'd be like, well, why don't you do this instead? I'd be like, no, I'm getting a degree in preaching. And I'm like, well, you could do this, though. Like, anything but that. But there's this this push in our world today that some of our greatest minds, that they're a waste if they go to ministry. Instead, they should go be lawyers and doctors and everything. But let me tell you that if you feel like God has called you to full-time ministry, that is not a waste. For 10 years now, I've dedicated my life to full-time ministry. I started in high school when I felt to call it a camp. And I've had a great life. God has blessed me so much. I'm not living without. I don't think that I could find any more contentment outside of God's calling in my life. I know that for a tr- fact. And I would tell you the same thing that if God has called you to ministry, then you're not going to find contentment outside of it. And so be faithful to that call on your life. If God has called you to it, then talk to somebody. Don't let that go to waste this summer. But, but as we wrap up, back to the question at hand. I asked these questions at the beginning. Can you be a Christian and not be a part of the church? What's the point of you coming to church? Are you wasting your time? Could you just sit at home and just be chilling right now? Well, you can't be a body part and not be a part of the body. And furthermore, God has given you a special gift. You, you have more to offer than you think to the church. And then thirdly, as a Christian, you are defined as a body builder. Someone is supposed to build the body of Christ. So if all three of those things are true from Scripture, you tell me. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Doulouse Youth. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.